Welcome back to the Raising Hell Mix podcast. This is Carrie. And I'm Kyle. And today we wanted to talk a little bit about how our son Joseph entered the world. So consider this your warning if you don't like hearing or talking about birth. But if you survived the last podcast about meconium and all that <laughs> stuff, it shouldn't be too much more squeam-inducing than that. Apparently, not all of our listeners did survive that podcast. Shout out to Roman Circus. Yeah, apparently he had to stop a couple times, but he said he got through it, which is a testament to his uh, dedication. So, Joseph is our second baby. Our first baby was born by C-section in October 2016. And, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. but at this point, I strongly suspect that if the practice had had a less intervention-heavy mindset toward birth, I would not have needed a C-section because there were no complications at the time. They just wanted the baby out. Right, so they induced Rory, or you induced you with Rory at like 10 days? Yeah, and that was 9 or 10 days past the due date. And that was just too soon, you think, right? Yeah, it just was a little too soon. He was not ready to come out. I wish I'd been given a few extra days. Most practices, I think, at this point in time are fine with parents waiting until a full 42 weeks. At least most practices that we were considering, most midwife practices. Because I had a coworker whose friend, friend, whose friend's kid was induced right at like 39 weeks yeah some physicians sort of view pregnancy as like a sickness that they can cure you from and so they're like wow the baby's not born yet we can help with that right so we were really happy with gw because they were really encouraging and helpful and uh we were pretty confident that we'd be able to do what we wanted which turned out to be true spoiler alert spoiler (laughs) alert this was a happy experience it was. It's a good, good birth story. We're both really healthy. I had some angst going into it about whether or not I'd be able to even go into labor because I hadn't last time. But sure enough, I started having contractions Sunday night. And then on Monday, my water broke. And I was able to take a nap for a few hours. And then around 10 p.m., we headed to the hospital. We left Rory here with our awesome friend, Lauren. And when we got to the hospital, it turned out that I had a fever and the baby's heart rate was almost 200, which is not good. And so they gave us a couple hours and monitored us and heart rate didn't drop, fever didn't break. And so that was a big concern that there could be some kind of infection going on. And so they recommended that we go ahead and have a second C-section. And so... We did, and it turned out we both had an infection called chorioamnionitis, I think. And uh, Joseph spent a few days in NICU and then a few more days boarding at the hospital. And I was on pain meds for several days, (laughs) but we're both doing great now. That's the gist of it. It was quite the experience having a kid in NICU. You never really think that it's going to be you, but if it had to be for any reason, this would be the reason. <clears throat> right, yeah. And for me, the weird part was that when they handed him to me, his breathing was not right. It was too shallow. It was too fast. 
And so rather than it being this kind of traumatic, oh my gosh, they're taking my baby to the NICU, they were like, we think he should come with us. And I was like, yes, please go take my baby, make him breathe right. I can't do anything for him. So I never felt that worried about him. I He really seemed to be in such good hands. Um, and we knew we were being prayed for by hundreds of people, which was an awesome feeling. And um, after that, his problems were kind of more invisible, more so than the breathing thing, like being on antibiotics and needing his bilirubin levels checked and his blood sugar levels checked. But it wasn't wasn't like we were watching him struggle for his life, I guess, which I feel really grateful for. His care was managed so well, it was totally under control, and it was just hard um, having to shuffle down to the nursery or to the NICU and then the nursery over and over again to feed him and visit him rather than having him in the room with us. But we got to go home before him, which was hard, but also nice to get those full nights of sleep before now where I do not get full nights of sleep. Neither does Kyle. It's definitely a very exhausting experience. We're glad to have him home. Yeah, and we're being so well taken care of. People we don't even know are signing up to bring us food. In fact, uh, yesterday, due to some kind of mix-up, we got two full meals, and one had brownies and one had ice cream, which I think worked out pretty well. That's really been the thing that's blown at least me away this time. I, we certainly had lots of help last time uh, with Rory, but... With Joseph, I feel like we're connected to more people now. Largely through Twitter, honestly. Yeah. Like, this has all come together a little bit through my coworkers, but, like, largely through Twitter. It's pretty pretty weird, but it's it was super nice having Lauren out. We wanted to do a podcast with her, but we were too busy having fun. And then now we have my mom and sister out, and we only had, what, 12 hours between Lauren leaving and uh, my family getting here. And, of course, that was the exact time when we needed somebody the most, but we had the Wilsons and and Daniel, good friends of ours, who could watch Rory for the day, which he really enjoyed because they have fun kids who are a little older than him and he looks up to. (laughs) It's just really amazing to know that whatever we need, we can just reach out and we'll find somebody who can help us. It's a really, really good experience. Well, speaking of Daniel, he also jumped our car twice in one day in the week or so before we had the baby. So there have really been a bunch of different ways in which people have helped us out lately. I'm excited for people to message me telling me that I have no idea how to recharge a battery because it <laughs> died immediately afterwards. And I just didn't, after the first one, and I just didn't wait long enough for it to charge enough. I thought I did. I gave it like five minutes. but And to those people we say, we know how to jump a car and charge a battery because... We used to kill the battery all the time. We've gotten good at it. Yeah, that was the first time in a long time. But Our first year of marriage, our neighbors jumped us maybe a dozen times. Here's what I blame it on is me moving to the East Coast where we the weather is different and there's more rainy days. And so you turn on your windshield wipers and you turn on your headlights. And then the rain clears up and so you turn off your your windshield wipers, but you leave your headlights on. California, you never need your windshield wipers. Yeah, I I hadn't thought of that, why it was happening more over here. Anyway, did we have more thoughts about the birth to share? 
Oh yeah. As as anybody knows, my legal experience is almost worthless outside of my job. <laughs> but one thing I remember is contracts law and the concept that a contract which is not consented to is not actually a contract. Um, and this came up because about every other contraction when Carrie was at the hospital, there was something that they needed her to sign. And that was partially because we didn't do the paperwork correctly ahead of time, which is also their fault because they told us to do the paperwork. And so we did. And then when we got there, they said, oh, but you weren't supposed to date it ahead of time, which that's, I mean, that's disturbing enough that they didn't give us the paperwork and the right instructions because it's not like they said, oh, but don't sign don't date it, just sign it. They said, you know, fill this out and then we'll sign it when you get in. But it wasn't just the paperwork that they gave us that we had to re-sign. It was like a whole bunch of other paperwork that you had to sign as well. I think it's a big problem because they're asking you to consent to medical procedures like in between contractions and anybody can look at your face and say, yeah, there's no way she's paying attention to what they're saying because they have nine months to get you to sign all the paperwork and they just didn't make sure it was done. Oh, I see. So your counter plan is do it ahead of time, like for real. Right. Like they should have all the paperwork and say, okay, there's nothing you need to sign. But more importantly, like it's crazy for them to think that having you sign something mid contraction would hold up in court. Right. Like you would get up and you would say, yeah, I had no idea what I was signing because I was in a contraction and they made me think that I had to sign it or I wouldn't get care. And they would say, we never said you had to sign it or you wouldn't get care. And you would say, well, why are you shoving it in my face in the middle of a contraction? Right. And I think they know this. I think the doctor's lawyers know this. And the reason why they still do it is because if you sign something, you're much less likely to try to fight it in court like that because Mm -hmm. you know you've signed something, even if it wouldn't be enforceable. Like, I don't think it would be enforceable. I hope enough lawyers listen to this podcast that they can tell me what they think of that. But Well, I'm a little confused on what you see the harm being. Is it that uh, is it that they will perform a medical procedure that you didn't actually consent to? Right. So they said, here are your options for how you want to be knocked out for the C-section in case there's a C-section. And you said, yeah, I would like this one over this one, right? And they had you consent to some other stuff that they might need to do ahead of time. Um, which is good if it's done like a month before the labor, but because Mm -hmm. it's done during, they're pretending that your consent can actually be given at this point, and then it's not going to actually be valid consent because you were in agonizing pain when you signed that document. Yeah. Like, can you imagine if this was the way it worked anywhere else, where, like, the lifeguard said, here, sign this contract before I rescue you or like Mm. here sign this contract before I give you the morphine for your leg that got cut off like we wouldn't expect anybody else to do that I'm sure plenty of doctors still expect people to do that but like society would say that's crazy in almost every circumstance Mm. that if you're in a lot of pain we should probably have done this contract stuff before that yeah what else do you want to talk about so we felt bad for Rory his brother was a week old before they actually got to meet. We'd been so excited and we'd been talking about Jojo and he seemed to have a pretty good grasp on what was going on. And then suddenly mom and dad disappeared into the hospital for a week and he was here and he was awesomely contented hanging out with his grandma and aunt, doing fun stuff, going to the pool. Going to the park. They were really good with him, but he was really just a chill kid they kept telling us how 
relaxed he was. And we really wanted to get him to the hospital for that week. But the NICU, he couldn't go in because he was too small. And then the nursery was such a cramped space. And it was such a pain to like get people in because there was no parking anywhere near the hospital in D.C. And the blue line was just conveniently shut down that weekend. Uh, so there wasn't much option to get him there. Mm-hmm. But he was a real trooper. And every time we got home, he'd be real excited to see us, but not like frantically excited. Yeah. So he did really well. Um, I was probably almost more worried about him than about the birth itself. Just he's never been away from us for that long. And was he going to be okay staying for days with someone he doesn't know as well as he knows us, but he did just fine. And so finally we got to take Joseph home. And we weren't really sure how Rory would react. And he was really excited to see the car seat. (laughs) And he came up and he rocked the car seat, but he would not touch the baby. Yeah, he was surprised when he saw Joseph inside. He was like, (laughs) oh, baby. Yeah. And just today, actually, I asked him, where is our baby? And he pointed to my belly, which was a little surprising because I thought he'd figured it out. But Maybe not. He hasn't done that on his own initiative, though. That was the first time that he pointed to your belly, which makes me think that he probably understands, but maybe forgot in the moment. Maybe, yeah. But he he has now given Joseph, as far as I know, two pats voluntarily. One a couple days ago, one this morning. And that's that's as close as he's gotten on his own. He does like to rock him in the car seat and in the rock and play little cradle. But he does not, he's not interested in touching him, which is probably a good thing for now. Right. That's, we we told that to somebody who has two boys and she said, that will change. (laughs) But he, he's still acting very lovingly. He talks about Jojo and he kind of coos when he sees him. And he's sort of circling closer and closer to the idea of being comfortable with this new member of the family that's a good way of putting it and he doesn't seem to be too thrown in his behavior I mean his schedule's kind of been turned upside down and so there's been repercussions from that but he's maybe still processing all of this and we're working hard to make sure he gets individual attention from us every day and he's growing a lot recently he's able to string basically whole sentences together now Mm -hmm. they're mostly ice cream based (laughs) or he'll say mama dada go pool yeah that's that's real fun um to see him put together more and more sentences and include more sophisticated words in his sentences like i and you and and little things you don't think of but when you're sort of communicating telegraphically with just nouns and one or two verbs it's really exciting to hear him link concepts together And he's starting to understand both the concept of pluralization and possession, which is crazy to have to learn at the same time, that you add an S to something for two totally different reasons. But he's Mm -hmm. starting to get that down. And the idea of possessing something too, I wasn't sure if he was saying mine because he wanted the thing um, or if he like understood the concept of ownership to some extent. I would say he does understand... uh... The concept of ownership or property rights because the other night I tried to share a bowl of ice cream with him and it did not go over well because he wanted to control the means of ice cream consumption. (laughs) He was not into uh, having them be communal. 
And he's also started to figure out that there are things that are his and things that are Joseph's, which he learned fast. Oh, yeah. Because Jojo Passy. Jojo Passy, Roro Passy, um, Jojo Diaper, Roro Diaper. Oh, yeah. We taught him to compare the diaper sizes. And he'll point, if you ask which is yours, he'll point to the right one. Mm-hmm. And say, Roro Diaper. Yeah, so he does understand possession. Yeah. The other cool thing he does now is counting things. He can definitely count up to two objects accurately, and he can say numbers up to ten pretty accurately, too. And sometimes he'll take a random stab, too. If you ask him how many of something, he'll say a random number. Mostly two. Yeah, mostly he guesses two things. So that's the update on Rory. Uh, Joseph is continuing to do well at home nursing, and uh, his jaundice is going down, and he sleeps really well. We have no complaints. He's a good kid. He seems a little bit more snuggly than Rory was, which is nice. Mm-hmm. He's also awake a lot. I always think of babies as being asleep all the time, but it's not true. They, you know, they wake up and they look around a he's lot. He's asleep right now, though. Yeah, you might have heard him cooing earlier. But yeah, he's a good kid. He doesn't cry very much, which I think is probably because he's just happy not to be hooked up to all those monitors at the hospital. Yeah, poor guy got so many heel pricks and stabs and monitors and everything for his first few days. And he's really good at looking at faces. Yeah, he really is good at eye contact. He does have his nights and days mixed up a little bit. He naps really well during the day and not so well at night. Gotta try and fix that. We'll work on that. Rory was really good at sleeping during the night. Almost too good. Yeah. So we're at least due for one. But that's basically it for us. We're just eating a bunch of delicious food people have brought us. I just expected casseroles, but we're getting real complex, delicious meals. Yeah, chicken shawarma and uh, all kinds of Mediterranean food, which we've actually been eating a lot of this summer, so we're grateful. It's It's, awesome. It's been good. I've been learning some things that I plan on (laughs) using after after this train of meals comes to an end. And by the way, I'd like to come out as pro-casserole, by the way. Oh. That's just what I was expecting, but I would have been extremely happy with casseroles as well. Yeah. So It's been nice. Uh, your mom comes out next week. She might listen mm-hmm. to this podcast on the plane. One of our biggest fans. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. And my mom and sister are currently at the Library of Congress, having a good time seeing the sights. Yeah. So it's it's real nice over here. Nice and peaceful. Um, Kyle's been able to take uh, lots of time off of work Mm -hmm. to just be home and take care of us. I'll probably go back next week because I don't want to burn all my sick leave while your mom's in town. feel a little Mm -hmm. bit less like I need to be here. Yeah. So I'll be able to save some sick leave in case we need it later. But uh, it's been really nice being home. I've been able to read a little bit in the hospital. Um, What have you been reading? I've, I've been reading. I read Mort by Terry Pratchett. It's one of the most famous Discworld books, and it was fantastic. And now I'm reading the sequel to Dune, which I'm going to make at least Jake mad by saying I'm not impressed. Yeah, you had some thoughts about this book. I did. It's mostly just... He's not a very good writer. They, they have these special diplomatic skills that are just the ability to control oneself in a diplomatic setting. So, uh... Anything else we want to talk about? 
not that I can think of. On our next podcast, we want to talk about the differences in parenting a toddler versus parenting a newborn. And that's going to be some fun stuff. I'm going to pull out my psychoanalytic theory from college. It's good stuff. It's, uh, in spite of psychology as a profession generally, <laughs> this stuff is, is good. A lot of stuff that makes sense intuitively about being a baby, but you don't really think about until you hear it described. So. Yeah, that's how I felt in college. It, um, just everything was like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's totally how it should be. So anyway, tune in next time to find out which of our children failed the marshmallow test. <laughs> I would fail the marshmallow test. <laughs> you don't know how fresh those marshmallows are going to be. Exactly. Or if some squirrel's going to come and steal my marshmallow. That's been known to happen. Mm-hmm. So thanks for listening to the Raising Helmets podcast. We're going to record, I think, more frequently now that we don't have all these big life changes happening. Yeah, I hope so. Having fun learning how to podcast. It's been good. So tune in next time. Bye, everybody. Say I. Bye. Love. Cookies. (laughs) Do you want the cookie? Yes. Okay.